title of today's message is Power Worship. Power Worship. We are going to speak on the subject of power worship today. Let us begin in the book of Acts, the book of Acts, chapter 16. We're going to read two verses, uh, 25 and 26. Again, we are in Acts 16, uh, verses 25 to 26. It will be on the screen so you can read along. This is the word of God. About midnight, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. So they are in a prison. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. Unfastened. And this is the word of God. All God's people said, Amen. 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 In today's word, we see Paul and Silas, who are servants of God. They have been unjustly uh, imprisoned. They've been thrown into prison unjustly. But in prison, they begin to worship God. They're praying and they're singing hymns to God. They're worshiping God. Uh, people can listen. People can hear them. So obviously, it's not just internally, but externally, they're expressing their worship to God. And the Bible says, suddenly, God miraculously sends a great earthquake, and it shakes the prison. The doors open, and not only that, but all of their chains fall off. And all of this, all of this started with worship. And so the first thing I want to make clear, and I want to say for us today, is there is power in worship. There is power in worship. And I also want to make it clear, I want to make it very clear, that worship is first and foremost all about God. It is for God. It's not for ourselves primarily. The heart of worship is not about what we can get from God, but it is about who God is. It is about who he is to us. Revelation chapter 4, verse 11, the word of God says, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and, your, and, your, and by your will, by your will, they existed and were created. And so, first and foremost, worship is all about God. It is for God. Now, with that said, at the same time, though, there is a natural flow of tremendous power and blessings that flows to and through our lives because of worship. Matthew 6.33, it says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So if you worship God, put God first, you will be blessed. All these things will be added unto you. So I truly believe that worship can be life-changing. Here's good news for us. If you need a change or a transformation in your life, right, worship can be life-changing. Through worship, we can experience breakthrough and we can experience power. Many life-changing moments of my own life have happened during times of worship. So what is worship? 
In simple terms, worship uh, is praising and glorifying God. It is to give thanks to God for all of who he is and all that he has done. In worship, we celebrate, again, all that he's done, all that he's doing, and all that he will do, all that he will do. Uh, In worship, we humble ourselves. And we give respect, glory, and honor to God because, again, he is worthy of all praise, all glory, and honor at all times. Through worship, we adore God. Through worship, we bless God. Through worship, we seek God. Through worship, we love God. Through worship, we express passion and desire for God. Through worship, we put God first in everything. It is gratitude and it is attitude. It is passion and desire. It is declaration and formation. It is spiritual and divine. It is holy, it is special, it is unique, and it is powerful. If you believe it, say amen. 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 Worship is powerful. It impacts our lives. And so let me share real quick some of the powerful, powerful effects of worship on our life. Number one, it causes our faith to grow. Worship is necessary. It is needed if you want your faith to grow. Right? Where people do not worship, it is hard to see people's faith grow. When we worship, we are worshiping. And we are focusing, we are focusing on who God is, and we're praising him for all that he's done. And so the more and more we do that, that feeds and it grows our faith. So again, worship grows our faith. Number two, worship causes our intimacy with God to grow. We grow closer to God through worship because through worship, we are drawing near to God. James chapter 4, verse 8 says, Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Again, through worship, we grow closer to God. Number three, it helps us to know and to experience God's presence to know and experience God's presence. Psalm chapter uh, 100, verse 4, it says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. So the, those terms, gates and courts, is analogous of the presence of God. And so it says, we enter his presence with thanks, thanksgiving. Through worship, we enter God's presence right that is to say that God is always with us so when we say enter again it's just metaphor it's just poetic language we're not saying we're here God is there and that happens all the time so we have to kind of keep coming back keep entering into his presence no the Bible makes it very clear right God is with us he is Emmanuel Christ is with us Christ dwells in our hearts we are filled with the spirit in the Old Testament they had to keep coming back into the presence of God through Jesus we are always in the presence of God And so we're not talking about literally entering into his presence. But what we're saying is that through worship, our spiritual and our physical senses are awakened. And they are made aware and focused on his presence. We become more aware aware of God and his presence in our lives. And so we experience his presence through worship. Number four, the fourth impact of worship is that it causes our surrender to grow. If you want to grow in holiness and surrender, worship. 1 John 4.19 says, we love because he first loved us. And then John 14.15 says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. So Jesus says in John 14.15, 
you will keep my commands. The word will is very important, very key, because what it's saying is that commandment keeping is a result. It's a natural flow. It's a natural fruit of loving God. If you love me, then this is what's going to happen. Not by your effort, not by your performance. It will, it will happen. By the grace and the spirit, by the, natural, by the natural flow of things, if you love me, so that comes first. It comes before commandment keeping. If you love me, you will keep my commands. But how do we love God or how do we grow in love with God? 1 John 4, 19 says, if we love, we love because he first loved us. So the more and more we receive and know the love of God, the more and more we love God. And the more and more we love God, the more we will want to surrender to God. And so this is why worship is so key to surrendering to God. Because as we worship God, we're falling in love with God. Because as we worship God, we are seeing, tasting and seeing his goodness, which causes us, again, we are experiencing his love. We are growing in knowing his love, which causes us to love him. And then naturally, our hearts want to give all to him, to surrender all to him through worship. Number five. The fifth impact is that through worship, uh, even the spiritual atmosphere is changed. It is shifted. It is shifted. So we can shift the spiritual atmosphere of our homes and our churches and even our cities through worship. In fact, some of you can shift the, the, the atmosphere of your workplace through worship. And it's because when we worship, the darkness flees. Amen. When the praises go up, the devil comes down. There's power in worship. Number six, the sixth impact of worship is through worship. Freedom and joy are released. Freedom and joy are released in worship. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So as we said... As we worship, we enter into God's presence. The Bible says that God inhabits. He fills the praises of his people. And so as we worship him, we are entering into his presence. We're, we are engaging with the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is joy. So today, if you don't have freedom and joy in your worship, then God wants to do something new in your life today. That's the good news. God wants to upgrade you. He wants to change the way you worship. He wants to elevate you bring you to a new level in worship. He wants to do something new in your life. He wants to give power to your worship today. He wants to make your worship life-giving to you. Amen? Amen. Somebody said power. Power. God wants to put power. He wants to put the power back in your worship. So as we talk about power worship, what is that? What is to worship with power? What is it to have power worship in our life? As Christians, the good news is that worship can be much, much more than just a religious ritual. It's not just some religious thing that we're supposed to do for God. In fact, it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be much more than that. Because all other religions, they have worship. All other religions, they worship. But the difference for us as children of God, born of the gospel, we don't just give worship to God. We worship with God. 
What's the gospel? What's the gospel? Here's one of the, here's one of the central amazing ideas and implications of the gospel. We don't just give worship to God. Now we worship with God. What I mean by that is that we're not just sending praises up to God's presence. We worship in God's presence. We worship in God's presence. This is the gospel. This is what the cross has done. Because of the death and resurrection of Jesus, we are righteous by faith, which means we are holy, righteous, and acceptable to worship near God. Near God. In all the other religions, there is not this concept of worshiping in God's presence or near God. But for us, uh, you know, for us, because of the gospel, to worship means that we we don't just worship at his feet like servants. No, we worship seated with him. We are worshiping seated with him. Again, the common idea and picture of worship is you come before the king of kings and you bow down and you kneel humbly and, and you worship God, right, as his feet like servants, like slaves, which is supposed to be our heart attitude. We should have that kind of humble attitude towards God. But it is our attitude. It is not our position. Our hearts are humbled, humbly bowed at his feet. Our position, the Bible says, our position is actually we are seated with him. We are seated with Christ. We are seated with Christ. So we're not worshiping at his feet. We're worshiping next to his side. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so because of that, worship is powerful now. Worship is powerful and all the... Uh, and, uh, and so... What, what we have then is, is power worship. That's what we should have as Christians because worship is powerful now. Now, at the center of power worship is the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. So what we're really focusing on and, and keyed on when we talk about worship or power worship really should be the Holy Spirit. Philippians chapter 3, verse 3, it says, For we, Christians, believers of God, believers of Jesus, we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. When it says we are the circumcision before... In the Old Testament, they had to do this religious ritual in order to worship God, this thing called circumcision. Now it's saying, we don't need to do that, right? We don't need to do those kinds of things. We don't need to do these ritual things to be able to worship God. No, we worship by the Spirit of God. We glory in Christ Jesus, and we put no confidence in the flesh. That is, we don't live by the law. We live by grace. And now the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, we worship by the Spirit of God. We worship by the Spirit of God. He enables me. He helps me. He causes me. He inspires me to worship. The Holy Spirit empowers our worship. So when we worship, God is with us. God is with us. We are in God's presence. Whether you feel it or see it or not, experience or not, it first starts with faith. And it's believing that the Bible says that now when we worship, we are worshiping with God in his presence. And the Holy Spirit, as we are worshiping, is at work. He is at work to help us, to heal us, to change us, to lead us, to speak to us, and to bring us closer to God. That's power worship. That's power worship, right? Worship is meant to be life-giving. 
life-giving. John 10.10, it says, the thief, speaking of the devil, comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. Are you experiencing life-giving worship? Because this is what God wants for you. This is what God wants for you today. So in the name of Jesus, I bless you. I bless you. I believe you're listening to this message because God is about to do something new. He wants to do something more. He is telling you there is more for you. There is more. And one of the keys is going to be worship. God is going to work in your life in a powerful way through worship. God is going to cause your worship to be life-giving. And so I bless you in the name of Jesus. May your worship be life-giving, full of the Holy Spirit, full of joy, full of peace, full of healing, full of God, God's love. May your worship be full of life and bring you closer and closer to God in the name of Jesus. If you believe it, if you want to receive that, somebody say amen right now. You can say amen right wherever you are. Give God, say yes, Lord, let it be. I receive that by faith today. Amen? Amen. And so with the rest of our time, uh, I want to, to help you to have powerful worship to make your worship powerful so you're thinking all right that sounds great and uh, I want my worship to be powerful so how do I do that and uh, so here are six parts six parts of powerful worship I believe if you implement these six parts into your worship it will cause your worship to be powerful today number one is heart Number two is repentance. Number three is grace. Number four is expression. Number five is faith. And number six is the Holy Spirit. So, number one, heart. If you want your worship to be powerful, it starts with your heart. And when we speak of the heart, what we're talking about is your motivation. What is your focus? What is your motivation when you worship? And as we stated at the beginning, worship should first and foremost be all about Jesus, not about ourselves. Now, being blessed, blessings is the heart of the Father. God wants to bless us, right? He wants to bless us. So it's not a bad thing, but it should never be the first thing right? Receiving from God should never be the first motive of our hearts. It should not be the primary motive, right? I'm not saying it should be the only motive. We can have other motives. We can come to God and ask him to bless our families, bless our friends, bless our lives, right? But, but when it comes to worship, the primary motive, the first and greatest motive should be God, to not receive or be blessed by God, but to bless God, to bless God in worship, so uh, uh, the, 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 the really amazing thing, though, is that I have found is that even when we do worship God, though, uh, with maybe not such pure hearts, and for myself, I've been worshiping God for a long time, for many years and decades even, and, and I know that my heart is not completely pure. There's still things that I'm so focused on, worried about, and things that I desire from God, and, and my heart is not always right. But God has worked in my heart and changed my heart through worship. So this is the grace of God. So we can actually 
come to God in our weakness, in our impurity, in our imperfection, and still worship God, even when our hearts are not all the way there and they still have wrong motives. But through worship, God begins to change our hearts as we encounter him, as we spend time with him. His presence, his love, and his grace begins to change our hearts. And so, so as we worship, our hearts become more and more pure. Amen? Amen. Uh, number two, repentance. The second part of powerful worship is repentance. When we repent, God's cleansing and forgiveness frees us from the chains of the power of sin and the chains of guilt and shame. Uh, when we are bound in guilt and shame, God's power does not flow freely because, because of that guilt. We don't freely receive. We're free. We feel too guilty and unworthy to receive. And so it, it breaks the flow of God's power and blessing because we are weighed down by condemnation. But when we repent, God is faithful to forgive and he breaks down those walls. He breaks down those chains so that his power can flow even more freely in our lives. Amen? So repentance. Number three, grace. Grace, grace is such a huge part of power worship because when we worship, we must never forget that we worship from a powerful position, from a blessed position, from a favored position. We are not worshiping as slaves. Jesus says, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. We are worshiping as righteous children of God who are covered by the blood of Jesus. When I say covered by the blood of Jesus, that is that we have put our faith in the cross, what he's done, and the power and the effect of that. We are covered by the grace of God. And so now, we don't worship for acceptance. We worship from acceptance. We don't worship because we have to. We worship because we get to. Right? And so there should be lots and lots of joy in your worship. There should be a lot of joy. And it should all come from grace. Because where there is grace, there is the power of God. Never forget that. Where there is grace, that's where the true power of God will always be. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. I love that. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So, we may, so I want to add this. I didn't put it in my notes, but I want to say it real quick. Do not be deceived. Just because you are seeing some of the power of God in your life does not mean you are worshiping by grace. Because uh, even, even, even demonically, you can experience power. Even demonically, you can experience power. And even religiously, you can experience power. But the Bible says here, through grace, not, you will not just experience a little power or, or a shadow of his power. Because I would say all of that are just shadows of power or false power. But if you want to experience the full power of God, the full of power of God, he says, my power is made perfect in weakness, in grace. Amen? Amen. And number four, number four, fourth part to powerful worship is expression. Expression. Somebody said, express yourself. Express yourself. I believe worship is meant, is designed to be expressed. 
It must be expressed. There's a saying when it comes to love that love is a verb. You know what a verb is, right? It's an action. Love is a verb. And so our idea and understanding of love is that it's both about the heart, but it's also a verb. So also in the same way, worship should both be heart and verb. When we worship, we should aim to give God our best in heart, but we also should aim to give God our best in expression at all times, in all situations, in all circumstances, right? Not just uh, when you're at a, in a building with a bunch of people and you got cool lights and you got a band, you know, and that, that's just one of the things that I noticed, right? Some people, when they're, you know, uh, you know in, in a church building, it's like, oh, Judy, blah, blah, blah. But when you get into a small group, you know, it's like, you know, whatever. Or, or some, it, it, you know, some people, they just, um, you know, like their attitudes, uh, oh, this really bothers me because, like, you'll see some people when they're in a, like, church and then the preacher's preaching, you know, and they're like, amen, 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 you know. But then when you're with them and you're praying, they're just kind of like tetchun. They're kind of like just mm, mm, kind of falling asleep. And it's like, man, you know, we got to have the right heart, you know, of worship at all times, not just when the preacher or the pastor is watching you, hallelujah, but at all times. It's, it's for God, and, and we should be expressing our worship from the heart, right, in outward expression, outward expression. Again, it's about the heart, but it's also a verb, a verb, right? This is what we expect as humans, right, that, that it should be a verb. Like, for example, uh, let's say you have a man and a woman, and a woman says to the man one day, uh, Honey, I, I feel like, you know, you don't express your love. You don't show your love to me. I mean, I know you love me, but you don't really show it to me, right? You don't say I love you. You don't do things to show your love for me. And, and, the, and the man's like, What you talking about? What you talking about, man? I, I, sh- I, I, I give love. I show love to you all the time. And she's like, What are you talking about? He's like, Man, I, I bought you flowers yesterday. I bought you flowers yesterday. And the girl's like, what? I don't see any flowers. There's no flowers. I don't have any flowers. And the guy's like, yeah, I bought you flowers in my heart. (laughs) I bought it in my heart, right? Which means I really love you, right? And all the girls are like, "Mm -mm, no, no. You know, we understand. We're like, no, there's something. No, that does. that's not. Uh, love is about the heart, but it should be also expressed. And so that's how I feel about sometimes some people. It's like, well, I don't really need to express worship because God sees my heart. Again, that's the same thing as a guy saying, I bought you flowers in my heart. <laughs> right? God is real, ladies and gentlemen. Do you believe that God is real? He is more real than the air we're breathing. He's more real than, the, than the, the, the earth and the ground that we're standing on. And if he's real, he is really with you. All his promises. He says, I am with you. I am with you. And I'm really seeing you. I am really hearing you as much as any person. And so when we express our worship, he sees it. When we sing, he hears it. And this is why the Bible is so full of expressive worship. You don't really see the Bible say, and they worship from their heart very quietly, right? Which is okay. Now, don't, don't, don't get me wrong. This is not, you know, an indictment on introverts, right? If you're really super shy and you're really, you know, like not a very expressive person, that's cool. As long as you are like that all the time. Right? But then there's some people who are at home in the shower, they're like, you know? But when they get to church, it's like, no, I worship from the heart. I'm like, come on. That's not who you really are. You got to give who you really are in worship. And the Bible, again, has a lot to say about expressive worship. There's singing, 
There's clapping. There's lifting of hands. There's kneeling. There's bowing. There's dancing. Right? David danced before the Lord. And he said, man. And people were like, what are you doing? You're embarrassing yourself, man. He's like, man, I'll embarrass myself even more for the king of kings. I'll become even more undignified than this. I will not be embarrassed. I will not be embarrassed because of my God who's been so good to me. I'll dance. And, I'll, and then and the Bible talks about shouting. And, and speaking, even speaking out, declaring, you know, his praises is a way of worshiping God. These days, uh, I've been really blessed uh, to just, like, read out lyrics. Sometimes I'll just read the lyrics. God, you're so good. God, you're so good. And I just repeat it, and I'll just say it out, out loud to the Lord. And, and that's been my worship to God lately, and it's been so good, so, so blessed. So, again, express yourself. Express your worship. And on a practical note... I don't know why, but there is definitely something really freeing when you get expressive in worship. You know, time and time again, I'd see people come from very quiet, conservative churches and come to, uh, you know, one of our meetings or one of our ministries. And for the first time, they'll lift their hands. For the first time, they'll shout and dance. And they'll be like, man, man, this has changed my life. I feel so much freedom, right, by being able to express my worship and so I believe God wants this for you. So if you want to make your worship powerful today, get expressive. Somebody said, express yourself. Express yourself. Because he's worthy, amen? He is worthy of all praise. All praise means all kinds of forms and expressions of praise. He is worthy. Come on, give God your best today. Give God your best. Number five, faith. Faith, faith, and we're almost done. Number five, faith is a very important part of powerful worship. And, and this is why I'm preaching this message today. The reason why this message is important is because the Bible says that according to your faith, it shall be done. According to your faith, it shall be done. So if, if your faith says, oh, I don't believe in miracles, I don't believe in speaking in tongues, then that's what your experience is going to be. You're not going to experience those miracles. You're not going to experience the gift of tongues and things like that. So according to your faith, the Bible says, it shall be done. And so for a lot of Christians, we're missing out on the power of worship because of our faith because of our faith. So don't miss out on the power of worship. When you worship, have faith. Have faith that God can speak to you through worship. Have faith that God can encounter you. Have that expectation that God will bless you. He will free you. He will heal you. He will comfort you. He'll bring hope. He'll bring joy. Amen. And can I say this again? And this goes together with the surrender. You know, because sometimes I'm like, oh, God can heal me. But yeah, sometimes he doesn't heal me. Right? This worship is not a magic potion. It's not a magic spell. Amen. Oh, you know, like uh, some people treat worship like that. It's like, well, if I worship, I'll feel good and I'll feel joy right away. And, and there's so many times when I feel like really, you know, bad or really angry and start worshiping. God is so good. And it's not like I automatically feel, you know, magically delicious. You know? <laughs> They're magically delicious. Where is that from? It's some kind of commercial. But it's not like this instantaneous, like, life is good and everything, you know, all problems are solved just because you worship. But that doesn't mean God is not at work. God is at work. He will do something. He will do something. And so sometimes you get fixated on a problem, and maybe through worship, God's not necessarily speaking or worshiping or, 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 or working about that problem, but he can still give you peace in the midst of your storm. He may not be taking away the storm. Perhaps what he's trying to do is put the peace in the storm, put peace in your heart. And so have that faith, amen? 
have that faith and don't miss out because you're focusing on other things. Now open your heart wide to God and say, God, whatever you want to do in my life, through this time of worship, do. I lay it all at your feet. I lay down my agenda and I say yes to you. Amen? Have faith. And number six, our last thing, and we can go ahead and start the piano, is the Holy Spirit. Like I said at the beginning, uh, you know, power worship at the center of it all is the Holy Spirit. And so when you worship before, during, and after, take time. Take time to honor the Holy Spirit, recognize the Holy Spirit, thank the Holy Spirit. Take time to welcome Him. And again, you know, this is more like metaphorical language. We're not talking about like, oh, He's way over there and you got to invite Him to His house. No, He is with you. But we're talking about that, 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 that engaging with the Holy Spirit, focusing on Him, welcoming Him, recognizing the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so you can ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Again, that's what the, the Bible says. By the Spirit of God, we worship God. So ask Him to help you to worship, empower your worship, to lead you in worship. That's something that's really blessed me. Because sometimes we just kind of worship you know, in our flesh and, and express ourselves in the way we feel. But sometimes I'll be like, God, what, what do you want me to do today? What do you want me to do right now? You want me to lift my hands? I'll lift my hands. You want me to kneel? I'll kneel, right? Because you're my worship leader. And I'm not worshiping by the flesh. I'm worshiping by the spirit. You're the king. You're the king. And so you will direct me and lead me. God, would you lead my worship? You want me to sing? I'll sing. You want me to be silent, be still? I will do that. Because this is not my thing. This is your thing, God. It's not my thing, is your thing. And so I want to put you at the center. This is power worship, being led by the Holy Spirit, being empowered by the Holy Spirit, asking the Holy Spirit to help you to see God, grow closer to God through worship. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's go to the Lord in prayer.